the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. I'm Andre Salveson. I have a very special guest with me. It's Coach Matson, former coach of... Uh, Bears basketball. He joins me here in assistant studio coach. today. Assistant, assistant coach. coach. Don't assistant, give me too much. assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> He's also, uh, he actually is the host of the uh, Community Coaches Show on uh, 104.9 The Ranch every Monday, home of the Bear River Bears. Every Monday night, you can find, what time is that? 6 p.m. on 104.9. We split the station and we uh, broadcast that over on the Bear River side. Don't forget, Bear River does play tonight. They start their winter classic. That, that game's at 8 o'clock tonight. 8 o'clock tonight, and 8 o'clock play, tomorrow. Who do they play tonight? Uh, with this Ben Loman and Ogden, okay, and then Saturday at six. This is part of their now the Bear River Winter Classic is a big fundraiser for them, so this is important for them to to get good crowds to those to those games. Uh, really quickly, I do want to put this through. We at, we have a very exciting announcement that we will be making in the very near future that will involve this station. I'll tell you this. Wow, I'm intrigued. It's really That's really a good tease. really really exciting. That many reallys, it's got to be good. It, it really is. If you're a sports fan, you are going to love it. I'll give you a hint. If you're a sports fan in February and March, tune in. Oh, I know what it is. There you go. I know what it is. Yeah. Uh, tune in. I can't wait. I'm waiting to get the official word. In fact, I should text him and ask him if I can announce it today. If I can, we're going to do it. Uh, again, Greg Matz, I'm Ajay Salveson. Great to have you all along with us on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You can also stream us online at 1069thefan.com. Find us on all podcast platforms, which include Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Just type in the Full Court Press. Uh, you'll find every bit of content of the Full Court Press that your heart desires. Uh, let's get into some college football playoff talk. We talked about BYU and Utah. Utah gets a win in overtime. Utah State beats up on San Jose State. They get ready for Fresno on Saturday afternoon. Uh, and then St. Catharines uh, Tuesday night while BYU comes up next Saturday night. Uh, this college football playoff, I went on my rant yesterday because <laughs> Paul Feinbaum just can't keep his mouth shut. And he has something to say about everything going on, and it's never positive unless it's about his own SEC bias. Utah right now sits in the fifth spot, Oklahoma 6, Baylor 7. How close it is from the three teams right there in separation is not known. What does Utah have to do with, okay, assuming that Georgia loses to LSU and loses big time, that would not come out. What does Utah need to do to get to that fourth spot? Is a win it, or do they need more than that? Well, again, remind yourselves, remind our listeners, we are certainly biased about uh, University of Utah, even though it's not Utah State, but we are regionally we biased. We support them, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Oh my sure. gosh, yeah. Um, so there's no question at all, Utah has to win, they have to beat Oregon, and they have to beat them convincingly. I'm talking a 50 to 10. No way. Something like that. Because here's what's going to happen. If, if Ohio State wins, which they should against Wisconsin— if LSU and uh, if LSU beats Georgia, which boy, I don't know. Georgia's got a tough defense. LSU's got a great offense, but their defense is terrible. So if LSU beats Georgia, if Clemson wins like they should against Virginia, everybody holds tight on the first three spots. Georgia, it stands to reason, would drop out. But nationally, and in that room of the college football playoff, in that room, Utah is not near as sexy as Oklahoma is. 
No doubt. There's no, there's no question in my mind that they're nowhere near sexy enough. And, and I would say, I would say that Oklahoma would jump Utah, even if Utah convincingly beats Oregon. There's just, there's just no, it's so done before. I, even though, so you're telling me Utah would be punished for winning their Pac-12 championship game. Pac-12 is terrible. And the voters are going to hold them accountable for that. It doesn't matter that it's a good conference, it's a Power 5 conference, it's a bad conference. And there's not as much cachet in the Pac-12 as there is uh, these other conferences. They're even talking like that Georgia would stay there. Well, if Georgia beats Louisiana State, if, if Georgia beats LSU, then forget it. Because LSU drops to four, Georgia jumps to three, sure. and Utah's out, yeah. and Oklahoma's out. Yeah. They'll have two SEC teams in a heartbeat. without a question. Yeah, They'll in a have heartbeat. those two teams. They won't even think about it. So the worst thing that you, that could happen to the Utes is LSU loses. So if those three three teams above them, of course, if Clemson loses, that opens up another spot. But I, I can't see Clemson losing to Bronco Mendenhall's Virginia team. Just can't see it happening. How about that, by the way? Bronco Mendenhall and that Virginia squad go and beat Vodtech, ending a 15-game losing streak to them, and now we'll get a, a chance to participate in the ACC championship, most likely lose, but in reward, they get to go to the Orange Bowl. That's AC, not a bad ACC gig. Coastal Champion, is that what they are? Yeah. They were saying on uh, ESPN last night that there have been seven different ACC Coastal Champions in that conference. Yeah. That tells you how crappy that conference absolutely. is. So Clemson, should they win? Absolutely. Will they win? They should. And and if so, if those three hold form, then that opens up the four spot. And Utah, maybe, but I, I don't think there's any question at all that Oklahoma jumps them. What for, who would get Rob Moore of not making the playoff if Georgia loses and Utah and Oklahoma win? Do you feel like this would be one of the biggest highway robberies in the college football, B- I mean, you put in the BCS too, by the way, in 2009 when Utah was undefeated and then just, I mean, absolutely shredded Alabama, Alabama yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. So in Alabama's backyard, would this be more of a robbery than that 09 team? Well, I think there's, there's some strength in the fact that they are in the Pac-12, but still the Pac-12 just does not have the... That, that weight in its conference that, that a Big 12, Big 10, or uh, SEC, as an example. Now, Clemson, I think if Clemson were in the same spot as Utah, I don't know that they would get in because of their conference. Their conference is weak sauce. I sure. mean, it's not, it's not great. There are some good teams in there, but overall, it's not a great conference. So that's what I think is going to happen. Utah's got to win convincingly, and then you got to have LSU hold form and beat Georgia, and then pray. <laughs> Pray. I just can't see that that committee is going to look at the University of Utah over Oklahoma and say that's going to make a game that people are going to watch because it's one versus four. It's OSU versus Utah or OSU versus Oklahoma. It doesn't matter, to be honest with you. Yeah, it does. Does it, does it matter Absolutely. who's number four? It does. It, it does. Because oh, Oklahoma man. would Ajay, be. Come if, on. If, if it was, okay, hold on. <laughs> if it was Ohio State at one, which right now it is Ohio State one, LSU two. Clemson three, Georgia four. So if it's Ohio State and Oklahoma, I like Oklahoma. If I, I had, like Jalen Hurts, if I had some M and M's to bet, and and that was the end of my M M&M and M supply, I would put Ohio State to win by thirty over whoever no way. they play. Uh-uh. They will absolutely. I take destroy, that bet in a heartbeat. They would destroy Oklahoma I'd take or that Utah bet in a heartbeat. <laughs> there's no in my mind. There's no question. OSU is so complete and so head head and shoulders above 
anybody in that four spot that there's not even a chance that that team would, would even sniff a win. Okay, fine. Let's try to test your brain a little bit then here. LSU, Ohio State. Okay. That's Who- different. That's that's the championship game. <laughs> <laughs> that's the championship game. But, you know, well, you know, again, if, if Georgia beats LSU, LSU drops to the four seed. Wow. Totally different. LSU and Ohio State that's in round totally one. That's totally different. <laughs> That would be an amazing game. I, that would be a pick 'em. I th- I think that would be a pick 'em game, even with uh, both with with LSU with one loss. Um, but if if LSU wins, Clemson wins, Ohio State wins, whoever comes in at that four seed's just going to get their heads handed to them. You know, it's interesting. Someone said, "Well, wait, what's the difference between LSU losing and OSU losing?" I said, "It's simple. LSU has four top ten wins. Ed Oregon has won eight of the last nine games versus a top ten team." Ohio State doesn't have that resume. They have top 20 wins, a couple of top 15 wins, but they don't have four top 10 wins. But look at look at again, those top three teams are East Coast, in, a, in essence, teams. Ohio is East compared yeah. to us. Oh, sure. The, that East Coast bias plays into it. Oklahoma, um, you know, there's an argument for Baylor. Would Baylor, if they were to beat Oklahoma and, and Utah loses, uh, does Georgia drop and Baylor comes up? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think Baylor's that good. I don't no, think they neither. carry the me weight to, to move up that much. Uh, if Wisconsin wins, do they move up four spots? I don't think so. They've got two losses. So really, it's that scenario we're talking about, is if those those top three teams, Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson, if they hold form and win like they should, then what happens to that four seed? Is it Utah or does Oklahoma jump Utah? Okay, let's get more local now. Boise State right now sits at 19. Cincinnati at 20, Memphis at 17. If Memphis loses to Cincinnati, Boise State, of course, wins. Is there a chance that Cincinnati could jump Boise and make it to the Cotton Bowl, or is Boise is Boise comforted and safe in that spot to be able to make it to the New York Six? Well, Boise's got that home game against Hawaii, uh, mid-afternoon game. So it Two will o'clock. Be, it'll be cold yep. for Hawaii. Yes. It'll be super cold. Uh, I don't know. Again, if I'm a betting guy, obviously I think Boise's going to win that game. But is there a chance? Sure. You never know with this committee. You have no idea what yeah. they're going to do. We saw that a couple of years ago when Ohio State, who was not a conference champion, jumped and got into the four, the top four to play. Um, I, I don't know. I think Boise State still secures that with a win. The 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 fun thing for me is to see like a University of Minnesota team that that comes into this. This equation, they haven't been there forever, if at all. Yeah, you got a Memphis team that's uh, that's up there. You got an Iowa team that's up there at sixteen. Over overinflated again to me is fifteen. Notre Dame. Notre Dame seems their to, schedule is tough. I know, but there's just there's so much love for Notre Dame. But look right ahead, them fourteen is Michigan at nine and three. Yeah. What in yeah. the world? Yeah, I agree. Do we love Jim Harbaugh that much that they're fourteen? <laughs> I mean, they should honestly. They should be somewhere in the twenties. Harbaugh, that's a that's a train wreck right now in, at Michigan. And by the way, he looks like it, he'll be coming back for uh, another year. And speaking of coming back, Clay Helton has officially it's been announced yeah. that he's coming back. So the whole Urban Meyer going to USC has been exnayed. Uh, Mike Bobo of Colorado State has been uh, fired. He's done. So, I mean, there's just it's a coaching carousel this time of the year, and there's names floating around everywhere, and this is totally offside tangent, but I, I'm going to just point this out again. Jay Hill's name will come up. 
The head coach of Weber State's got some. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 coming up, and you're going to hear it float around here and there. And if he gets the right deal at the right place, don't be surprised. Yeah, uh, my my son was being recruited by Weber State, and we had a chance to visit with Jay Hill, an amazing guy, amazing guy. He is uh, one in a million as far as as a guy that talks to kids and and motivates them. What uh, what I've always understood, what I've always heard. On the lesser conferences, is you look at how many conference championships a coach has, and if he can win his conference, they feel like that translates to the next or the higher level conference. So, an Urban Meyer at a Bowling Green was successful. They felt like he could translate to Utah. He came to Utah in two years and did great, and they felt like that could transfer to to Florida and SE school, and he did. Went to SEC, and he dominated, won a national championship. So that's kind of the, the message that you're looking for. So a Jay Hill at Weber State, the two uh, the Big Sky Championships, absolutely. Will he be somebody that will be looked at for a, you know, a Colorado State or a, a lower-level Colorado or somewhere like that if it were to come open? Yeah, yeah, for sure he would. And I think he would do a great job. He's been... Uh, when he's been with a, a great group of people, the Kyle Whittingham tree, and he knows people, he gets coaches in there that are good coaches. So don't be surprised if, if Jay Hill is gone soon. Yeah. I, Nothing. I, I don't know anything. No, no, we don't. I mean, it's all pure speculation, but it's also pure common sense too. a guy who's that good of a coach. You know, you mentioned Urban Meyer. Obviously, he's out and, and could be looking. I think the only school that Urban goes to is Notre Dame. That's, that's his dream Ooh. school. That's his dream school. He's he stated it publicly many. He was times. an assistant there under <laughs> yeah. Bob Davey. Yeah, he was at Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State was his other dream school. Uh, the other one that's kind of an interesting one is Chris Peterson from uh, Washington. Yeah, left what, Washington. What happens with Chris Peterson? Does he take a year off and then kind of see what happens? You know, Chris Pe- Chris Peterson would be a hot commodity at a sure big would. school. So um, yeah, the USC thing. Clay Helton. I don't know enough about Clay Helton. I don't know that. If you're not in that market, you don't know enough about Clay Hilton. But, you know, he's been mildly successful. The problem is that he is at USC. And USC expects 10 wins every year. Every year, yeah. If you're not fighting for a Rose Bowl berth or a college football playoff berth, then you shouldn't be there. Uh, we got to take a break. Coming back, we are going to get into some NBA basketball talk. Jazz Lakers. Jazz get demolished again. LeBron Davis just tortured the Jazz all night long. But now the Jazz have an easier schedule. How easy? You'll find out. It's Greg Matson and Maje Salves in Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Maje Salves here with Greg Matson on the other side, host of the Coaches Community Show on 104.9 The Ranch, talking Bear River Bears, talking everything community in the Bear River area. Great, great, great show. Really unique uh, learnings you can get about the community in Gar- uh, Tremont and Garland. Garland, yeah, I about to say Garden City. I had to stop Gar- Garmonton or Tree Tree Town, home of the legendary Larry Gephardt. Not uh, Harry Gephardt. Not Harry Gephardt. Absolutely, I love Harry. Harry the G. That was my uh, gangster name for him. <laughs> <laughs> so that would tell you, like, when I would produce his games, I would be like. Uh, all right, Harry, we're on in five seconds, and he'd be like, well, welcome back, Bear River fans. And I'm like, four, three, yeah, well, uh, you know, he just started talking like he's on the air, and I'm like, Harry, we're not <laughs> on yet. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, one, you're on. 
Harry, if you ever saw the movie It's a Wonderful Life, that was Harry Gephardt. Oh, my gosh. Harry Gephardt was the George Bailey of, of, is the George Bailey of Tremont. An amazing guy. That's a guy, if you don't know him, you wouldn't want to. Yeah, he is one genuine human being, and I I owe a lot to him that I got my radio start here. Uh, He's a big part of the reason why, uh, at least least for me. Uh, Utah Jazz last night fall to the L.A. Lakers 121-96 to uh, in an absolute demolition, but yet an absolute clinic put on by the L.A. Lakers. Anthony Davis in 26 minutes had 26 points, 89 from the charity stripe, 9-11 from the field. He also had six boards and three blocks. LeBron James, not too shabby himself, 20 points in 29 minutes. He was 9-21 from the field, only 1-6 from deep. He's 1-1 uh, from the line. He had four rebounds and 12 assists. But it's the way that LeBron James facilitates and makes his team better that always that always stands out to me. Look, the only person in the plus-minus category for the LA Lakers was JaVale McGee, and he's always in the minus category. <laughs> Everybody else was in the plus category. Everybody. LeBron James makes your team better, Greg, and I think that's what makes him so special when I watch him play basketball. Well, he, he, like Mike, many years ago, figured it out that you can't carry the team by yourself. And so he started getting more of his teammates involved. Of course, it helps that uh, some of the players that he's had on his team were pretty amazing players. But yeah, he's, uh, he's taking a facilitator's role. He's uh, making sure people like Kyle Kuzma get involved. Kuzma had 13 points last night. Rajon Rondo, 14 points. I mean, the, it was a complete game for the Lakers. 121 points in a... NBA game anymore is a, is quite a few points. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, the way this day and age of NBA basketball is played with the high pace, I mean, we, we see it more often than not. On the other side, the Jazz, not really great. Uh, Bogdanovich was 6-15 six six, six from the field. In fact, all six of his shots that were made came from beyond the arc. Uh, in 35 minutes of basketball, he played. He had 23 points. He was 5-5 five five from the charity stripe. With three rebounds and three assists, uh, Donovan Mitchell was the leading scorer, but it took him a while. Twenty-nine points, eleven of twenty-four from the field, three-seven from deep, four-five from the line. He had five assists and four rebounds. My question to you is: What is going on with this Jazz team? Is it really the schedule that has been so tough, or is it just that this team's just not seeing eye to eye? Well, it's a it's relatively an, a young team, if you will, in the sense that they really haven't played together because they made so many changes. Uh, I would say there's some to that this this trying to gel together. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, if we could figure that out, Ajay, we could uh, we could make a lot of money. Can, in the yeah, NBA. as I say, we're making a ton of money right now, <laughs> wouldn't we? But you got, I mean, you got Rudy Gobert with 13 points, which is you know for offensively, that's probably a pretty good game for Rudy. 10 points uh, or 13 points, 10 rebounds. Where is it? Where else is it going to come from? You got Mitchell with twenty nine. Is Mitchell going to get frustrated with what's going on? Is he- well, here's the thing: is that I thought Mike Conley and Bogdanovich being on the court were supposed to eliminate Mitchell from playing hero ball. Instead, it's done it just as much. Mm-hmm. It's happening just as much and more consistently. That's now, what's frustrating to me. Now Conley didn't play last night, right? No, Conley. No, he was out with hamstring tightness. But even throughout the even that, that East swing trip. He had issues. Yeah. You know, uh, on the bench, it was not good. In fact, not one player was in the uh, plus category for the Jazz. Jared Brantley was minus six. George Yang was minus 17. O'Neill minus 18. In fact, he's getting worse by the night. 
Bradley minus four, Davis minus twelve, uh, Nigel Williams Goss was minus six, Exum minus four, and Moutier minus sixteen. A question for you: Is this Exum project? Is this done? Like, do they just need to move on from it? I thought they should have moved on from that a couple years ago. To Amen. be honest with you, yeah, he he's a a nice kid, but boy, he just is having he's having some great difficulty either getting on the floor or being productive on the floor because he's not injured. I don't know. I can't see. I can't see them keeping him after this year. Hey, by the way, I gotta ask you: Did you see the video of LeBron James on the opening possession carrying the ball? Oh yeah, walking like two steps, and then he said his like his post game is like, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I don't even know what happened. <laughs> he there. just he just cupped the ball, and, and he then he just kind of stops. And he's like, oh no, whistle. Huh. <laughs> well, play on, I guess. That, was, that, that's was amazing. At, uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, Westbrook, a couple of years ago. Took the ball from the uh, sideline and oh, walked, walked out into, five or yeah. six steps. Yeah. <laughs> Same and then they idea. blew the whistle. He turned around and he, I love how he put his arms up like, what? What did it, I do? Yeah, the jazz player that was guarding him was looking at the officials like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> that was so obvious. But, you know, it's LeBron, so he does get away with, with uh, walking quite a bit. Yeah. no, Well, more obvious than now than ever. Uh, the fact that the refs didn't call that is just beyond my understanding. Uh it's just really bad. You know, but, I, that plus minus stat that you quoted, uh-huh. I'm I'm kind of one of those guys that I'm not really sure that I like you don't look the plus into that. minus. Got it. Because they got thrashed. They got beat by 25 points. But yeah, they're all going to be minuses because they were on the floor when they gave up the lead. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's a minus 18. Does that mean he had a bad game? Wasn't I, good. I, I don't know. I don't know if that really is a true indicator. It's something I know the, the Jazz play-by-play guy likes to really quote those minus and plus stats and i guess oh david Locke, the, yeah. the the metrics i didn't want to i don't wasn't sure if i could say his name or not oh that. absolutely all right yeah he's on our station okay that's true we do carry the jazz on kbnu don't we um so i don't know if the plus minus is for me is a great indicator i mean if your team's getting beat everybody's going to be minus but as you mentioned there were very few joe ingles had had a plus one but he, he scored four points and, and five assists, two rebounds. So he, he had such low stats, but he was a plus one. I don't know. I don't know that it's a, That's a for me, point. it's a key indicator of how a guy played. So Jazz now, their schedule, Greg, gets really comfortable. I mean, extremely saucy. The next 20 games, okay, next 20 games, they have one team that's above 500. They have one team that is at 500. That is it. No more. Everybody else is under 500 for the next 20 games from December 7th till January 18th. Not more not more than one team is above 500 that they play. So tell me who that is. I didn't do any research on that. Miami Miami. 15 and 7. Right now, even at 500, Minnesota. At Minnesota, they play there. Memphis and Oklahoma are home here in these upcoming games. On the road at Minnesota. And then Golden State at home, Orlando at home. I mean, they have an extremely favorable schedule that could get them well above 500. I mean, they're at 12 and 10 right now, but they could be easily 18 games above 500 and sneaking into a third seed all of a sudden. Yeah, there's the there's a three game swing at Atlanta, at Charlotte, yes. at Miami. Those two time zone changes. 
I know they're professionals. They're used to it, quote-unquote. Those are tough games, too. So even though those teams might be record-wise not very good, those are tough wins for them. You know, if they come away with two out of three, I think they're happy on that series. Yeah. Then they come home and they have Portland with uh, Damon Lillard. Oh, sorry. The Clippers is the other. Sorry. <laughs> Clippers are above. Yeah, Clippers are t- definitely above 500. Sorry, so there's with, two teams. Uh, with old what's-his-name, Kawhi. Number two, the Claw. The Claw, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't think the schedule is overly daunting over the next month or so. Um, so, yeah, I would think that... Even Portland's below 500. Well below 500. Yeah. Well, now they've got their, their one added superstar to the team that should that uh, should bring should them over the top. Should help a little bit. But, yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, uh, Lakers at 19-3. and three, Best team in the league. You surprised? Uh, mildly, yeah. Yeah, I thought there'd be some growing pains for the Lakers as well, so... For them to be nineteen and three was was impressive for me to see that. Uh, and then Houston, on the other hand, is thirteen and seven. They had that controversial loss to San Antonio. Do you think they can hang hang on to a playoff spot, or do you think this team, because of Russell Westbrook and James Harden, could fall apart? I think the latter. There's no question in my mind again that those two, even though they played together at Oklahoma City, I don't think there's any question that that's going to implode at some particular point in time. Greg, thank you so much for joining me. I agree. I know you got to get going, um, and then I'll, I'll I'll finish off the rest of the show, and then I'll head out for uh, Mountain Crest and Weber. Uh, Bear River, don't forget they play at eight o'clock tonight uh, at Bear River in the Winter Classic. Skyview, Pine View at Skyview. That's at seven uh, five fifteen. Already is beginning. Actually, is already Ridgeline and Desert Hills right now at Skyview. Hey, tomorrow Richie Schuler of ESPN will join me here on the show. We'll be talking uh, college basketball. Richie does a great job as a, a color analyst, and uh, excited to have him. Hey, also Ajay, one of the things great about Cash Valley Media Group is every one of those high school games you mentioned are on the air here on Cash Valley Bingo. Media Group. So if you are a high school fan, boy, tune in. You'll find your team. Yep, 107.7 KLCX is for me. Uh, the Mountain Crest Mustangs, 104.9 The Ranch for Bear River. Uh, 100.9 is Green Canyon, I believe. And then, I'm, I'm guessing here, but uh, 6 a.m. KVNU is Logan. 104.5 for Ridgeline. For Ridgeline. And so we got we got it all covered for you. You can find the streams over on CashValleyDaily.com. Greg, thank you so much for joining me. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. For Greg Matson, um, I'm Audrey Salas, and I'll be back here for the uh, the 5.30 bomb of the hour coming up here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.